Hello everyone and welcome back. It's the full 40. It's Chris and Rob brought to you by Nova Insider. This is an emergency podcast (laughs) coming to you live in my midtown Manhattan apartment after we got absolutely slaughtered by the Michigan Wolverines. Heavy drinking has taken place. Yes. I am... At least three drinks. Oh, no, yeah. Rob is absolutely not sober. Yes. And I am on my way there as well. We'll see how this goes. Yeah. As we said to all our new listeners, your expectations should be absolutely zero. For us and now for the team, too? Yeah, yeah, correct. (laughs) Exactly right. Exactly right. This is an emergency podcast. You heard it here first. Yeah. Set the expectations low. Yeah. Let's dial back those expectations. (laughs) Specifically on this podcast, specifically on this episode of this podcast, let's just roll the ball on the court like we did against Michigan and Ooh. hope to knock it absolutely <laughs> fucking shit let's, right. Let's hope it ends better than that. Yeah. But wait, I want to clarify. Are we excited to be here? We are excited to be we're here. We're excited to be here. We're excited to be here because we're excited to be with you and like personally, me, I'm a man of the people. <laughs> that's what I think Chris Blotty man of the people <laughs> that's right I'm a man of the people and I am doing God's work amen God's work coming yes. to you and doing a podcast that's and right in this tenuous moment of being Villanova fans think of us as your therapists I know back in the day and by back in the day I mean before we won two national championships a loss like this would crush me I would go into work. I would go into work the next day. Man, I would be a hot son of a bitch. Yeah. Like people would not want to. People <laughs> probably still don't want to be around me. But whatever. Like yeah. I was. I was <laughs> the a, not wanting to be around you thing has nothing to do with Villanova change. losing. It doesn't change. Yeah, yeah. But fair enough. Fair enough. But that being all said, here's what we're gonna get to. We're gonna Tarantino this for you. At the end of this segment, I don't, I don't know what that means. Yeah. At the end of this segment. Okay. We're going to tell you to still believe in this team and that the prospects are still bright and there's a lot of season left, etc. Trust the process. But before we get there, we are going to absolutely be talking about everything else, which is basically like, hey, let's reset the expectations here. Yeah. Before we get into that, though, I think a great thing that you just brought up was coping with losses. Yes. So we, in our, one of our very first podcasts with the tens of people who listened to it, yeah. we, we talked about having to cope it, with I, a loss. I, I think it was like 10 at that point. Not tens, like 10. That's right. 10. We have 10 friends yes. totally. We got 10? Yeah, we have 10 friends. We have cool, 10 cool. friends. Between the two of us, we have 10 friends. <laughs> nice. And we asked each of them to listen to it three times. And they said, <laughs> you look, you don't have to actually listen to it three times. Just start. Literally click play. Yeah. yeah, start your SoundCloud app. Click play, then close out of your SoundCloud app, hard close out of your SoundCloud app, <laughs> then go back in and click play again, yeah, yeah. just to drive up the listens a little bit. Absolutely. So coping anyway, with loss. coping with the loss, we talked about it after the Providence game last year. Now, yeah. that was a eventual national championship winning team that was top five, top ten all yeah. season long, yeah. etc. You cope with a loss a lot differently when you're a team like that than you do a team like this, which is that 
when you have a loss this early in the season by that much, you have to reset your expectations. One of my favorite experiences is your inability to cope with the Virginia loss like three years ago. Yeah, and I mean... So can set the stage here on yeah. this. So so for those of you who don't know me, which is probably most... Actually, I think about the point, most people who listen to this probably don't know me, which is great. I don't do losses well. I never have. I remember when I was like 10 years old... And so I'm from Pittsburgh originally. The Pittsburgh Appalachia. St- Appalachia. Sorry, sorry. Yes. Rob thinks he's from Pittsburgh. And, but Pittsburgh is actually in Appalachia. Technically, he keeps it saying is. it's the Midwest. It's not. It is technically and Appalachia. Rob is from Appalachia. So Rob from Appalachia, continue. Anyway, yes. So the Pittsburgh Steelers were in the AFC Championship game. Uh, I can't remember exactly against whom. I want to say it was like 97 playing the Broncos, I think. And anyway, they lost. I was inconsolable i was running around my appalachian yard screaming kicking a football and my mom came outside and she's like you need to calm down and i'm like but the steelers lost and she's like it doesn't matter i'm like it does matter and you know what i'm 30 years old and it still matters (laughs) and so setting the stage back a couple years ago down in virginia my brother was in med school there at the time we were going down for a nice little family weekend I was going to meet up with him. My dad was coming in from Appalachia. It was going to be great. Villanova playing UVA. UVA doesn't care about basketball or sports in general. I figured we'd show up. We'd romp on them. So this was the, this is also the pre-Virginia losing to a 16 seed. Virginia. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. So this is this is 20. This is late 2015. This is a Malcolm Brogdon, Virginia. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. So this is we go in there, and we lost. We didn't look great. We actually looked bad pretty much the whole game. Yeah, which you should have expected because we just got pounded by Buddy Heels, Oklahoma, the week before, which I'm not sure if you guys remember, but then we came back and beat them by 44 in the final four oh, in 2016. I heard, I heard a rumor about that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, But I think maybe what contributed to that is I actually missed that game because I was in, I was working, I was traveling at that point, and I missed the entire game. I saw the final, obviously, but, like, whatever. So I didn't have to deal with all the shit that was us getting slaughtered by 23 remember against oklahoma i experienced it it was miserable we're leaving it's like saturday afternoon i'm supposed to spend the whole rest of the weekend with my family i was straight up miserable it took everything in my power not to ruin everybody else's weekend yeah no you ruined mine (laughs) let's just be clear you ruined mine i'm up north it's actually around the time of my birthday it was my birthday Mm. Happy birthday, you I son was of a bitch. not <laughs> I was not that unhappy with the loss. Yeah. I thought we looked fine. It was whatever. Like we lost by eleven at Virginia. I didn't expect to win the game from the get go, especially not in retrospect when I was looking at the fact that we got pounded by Oklahoma. Yeah. Whatever. Rob is texting me. The, I, I may have like a hundred text messages from him just absolutely inconsolable this team ain't doing shit fuck this team like i can't believe they did this to me 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 it's all about me it is wait blah, blah, blah. it is all about me let's let's call it what it is it's about me yeah yeah no no rob's married so it's not no longer all about him <laughs> but wait, this is actually this is kind of funny looking back on it this is very much like a common theme that i have i remember back in what was it oh must have been like maybe like oh seven oh eight something like that when we lost to texas early on i want to say yes and i had the same reaction oh you know it was the oh eight oh nine team we lost to texas in madison square garden yeah and i spent the ride home with you 
from MSG, and you were like, Meh, we lost. Why we lose? Good, good teams so do. Good teams good win teams this game. Good teams don't lose that game. <laughs> oh, whatever. The two times Rob has said good teams don't lose that game is the 0809 season. Final four. And the 15-16 season. We did all right that year, too. Yeah. yeah. You might have heard we won the national championship yeah, yeah. that year. Chris Jenkins, buzzer beater. And people forget this, but Phil Booth had 20 points that. in that national championship game. Yeah. What I've learned from that, so I sat here tonight. What made it a little bit easier is we got smoked from the outset, which is like, all right, makes it a little bit easier to cope with. I've seen this before. The story's played out a few times for me. The teams ended up okay. So, you know what? I'm here. I accepted the loss early on, and I'm still bullish on the team. I am basically like, the entire game I watched, you ever see that meme with the dog who's sipping coffee while the whole house is on fire, saying, this is fine? That was me the entire game tonight. <laughs> I was totally relaxed, just sitting there, just like, this is fine. Sipping my whiskey, being like, this is fine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with what's going on here today. <laughs> and... It's a lot easier to cope with a loss after having won two national championships no, it, in the last three years. It absolutely is. It, it 100% changes the perspective. <laughs> if this was one year ago or three years ago, yes, I would probably still be having the same reaction of this team is trash. But we're beyond that. I have faith in the divine providence of Jay Wright. So we'll Boom. continue on. Boom. Now that I look back on it, my thought is, okay, it is fine. I'm okay with this. John Calipari, who, for those who don't know me, I am a big-time John Calipari apologist. Mm. Love what John Calipari does. Love the 30 for 30 ESPN does. We hate ESPN. Actually, I don't hate ESPN. No, I don't hate ESPN. Because we have Fox. Fox, ESPN is clearly biased against the Big East, but they're no longer biased against us. They aren't. They've kind of been like, yeah, you guys are pretty fucking good. Yeah, they've kind of become like a Gonzaga to yeah, the Yeah, that's the a ESPN. great comparison. Yeah, yeah absolutely. they're just like, all right, we're going to cover one team and one team only from the Big East. Yeah. It's going to be Villanova. Sure. And so you know what? Fuck everyone else. I don't yeah. give a shit. That's right. Fuck them. Bang. Boom. So, John Calipari, I talked about how I'm a Calipari oh, yeah, yeah. apologist. Calipari's early season mantra is you either win mm. or you learn. Yeah. Not win or lose, win or learn. Loves to say that. And Calipari is kind of like... Trumpian in the fact that he just repeats his own mantras. Not getting into politics, he just repeats what he, his mantras yeah. all the time. That's how Calipari is. And he like, win or learn. Not win or lose, win or learn. So we have a lot to fucking learn. A lot to learn. After this game. 100%. And it's fine. Like, college basketball is not, a, is not a thing where you're just, like, good all the time and just crush everyone all the time. It's true. Right? So some seasons, you're going to have seasons where you got to build up again. And candidly, it's going to be fun to watch a team now that has to start from scratch a little bit. That's where I'm coming from. That's why I'm thinking this is fine. This team has to, you're right, it's a bit of starting from scratch. They have to figure out what their identity is going to be. They need to figure out who the guys are going to be, who are coming in the clutch, who are bailing them out, who they're going to lean on. We don't have an answer for that. We know we know who the good players are. We know who the guys who have experience are. But we don't know what that dynamic's going to be. And it'll be interesting to see that shape up. And we know that Sadiq Bey is my favorite player. Well, Sadiq Bey is obviously the number one guy. If you need a shot, you need any shot, three-point shot, dunk, mid-range shot. Shot you of go whiskey. To Sadiq Bey, Sadiq, shot of whiskey. You go to Sadiq Bey. Yeah. You need to stop, you go to Sadiq Bey. Yeah. Anyway. Enough of Steve Bay. Resetting expectations. So Resetting expectations. We're going to Kansas in a few weeks now. Less than about a month. 
about a month. In our preseason podcast, we called losing that game. I am now calling getting blown out in that game. Very confident we are not going to win against Kansas. Yes. They're a very experienced team. I don't know if you saw LeGerald, who I think is now going by Gerald Vick, was 8 for 8 from three-point range the other day against um, Vermont. That said, they didn't beat Vermont by a, by a ton, but they beat Vermont, and LeGerald was hot. We're probably going to lose. No, we're definitely going to lose. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock my Villanova stuff. I'm we're gonna, gonna go we're there. gonna have a great time. We're gonna we're gonna go there. We're gonna sweet talk all the Kansas fans. Just a, uh, no. we're not the type to talk shit on opposing teams' fans. No, no, no. We're just gonna sit there and tell them how much that we respect Kansas. Oh yeah, Kansas, great program. Yeah, like, yeah. Really respect everything you've done for the game. Really <laughs> love this arena. Like that's <laughs> our that's you our. You guys created basketball. Naismith is great. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah. We're gonna suck their Jayhawk the entire time. Yeah. Oh nice, nice. That the was so time. subtle. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's what we're gonna do. We're just going to embrace the Rock Chalk Jayhawk experience, but we're going to get fucking rocked. But it was it was actually a good experience. That I'm like, all right, that's what it's going to be. I know what I'm walking into at this point. Yes. Yeah. So that's taken care of. All right. So <laughs> honest though, like if you're resetting expectations yeah. after this game, what do you change now? Like I still expect to kind of win most of our out-of-conference games. I still expect to win the big five, but I don't expect – I definitely don't expect to win the, the, the Kansas game. And – now in the Big East, that's where I'm starting to ask some questions. So wait, I don't even want to get, I don't even want to go there yet. Before that, we still have the Advocare Invitational, which, as stupid a name as it is, actually does have some pretty decent teams in it. So we've got LSU, who's ranked, and we've got Florida State, who's I think a top 15 team at this point. There is a very good chance. Oh, and we also either play Oklahoma State or Memphis before one of those teams. So. We have to play a number of good teams. There's a very real chance we do not win that tournament. Oh, I would expect us to not win that tournament. Yeah. So so you're picking up a loss now there, and then you said, yeah, we'll probably still win the Big Five. We definitely lose Kansas. And then, yeah, Big East you were going into. Yeah. I don't know if anyone watched the Georgetown-Illinois game. But Check. I, I got to yes. be honest with you. Georgetown looked pretty solid. Now, it's Illinois, and it's not Michigan. It, right. Michigan is a far superior team. Yeah. They're going to come out of that game, and people are going to be wowed by Michigan. Right. right. They came into the pavilion and absolutely blew our doors off. Right. Held us under 50. It, it was an impressive win, yeah. It was an impressive win from their perspective. Yeah. Illinois is not Michigan. Illinois is not Michigan, and they were also missing one of their, their best players. But Georgetown was at Illinois. They were, yeah. And they candidly just like kind of played pretty well and they pl- looked pretty good. They played well, and actually like the crowd was raucous there like they were going nuts it was a really it was actually a very i hate to say it it was a very entertaining game to watch like i don't really associate that with georgetown especially as of late but patrick ewing actually has some interesting pieces there with govan who we know is great mac mcclung looked very competent and oh shit i can't even remember the guy who's the other point guard uh akinjo i want to say is his name looked great as well so they've got actually some decent talent and frankly if you put that georgetown team up against us tonight i think georgetown wins luckily we don't have to luckily we don't so i'm calling a split during the season marquette has looked decent the game their game is going on right it now. it is literally happening as, as we're, we're podcasting so we don't know the results we don't early on indiana looked like they were gonna yeah. crush them yeah, but Marquette's got some really good returning pieces with Marcus Howard and Hauser, and and a good recruiting class coming in. Probably split with them. St. John's is supposed to be good with Shamori Ponds. Probably split with them. 
So I still expect to come out top one, two in the Big East just because the rest of the Big East is just not good. Shouldn't be as consistent, yeah. Yeah, no. And I expect Jay to get a lot better throughout the get this team a lot better throughout the year. But do I expect to absolutely blow the doors off the Big East anymore? No. No, I don't. I will say that's one thing. We talked about it. It was less pronounced last year because the offense was so good. But actually, like if you go back and look at how the team evolves and gets so much better throughout the year, defensively, like the team just gets so much tighter throughout yes. the year. So Jay has actually gotten very good at that and really been able to mold the team and show a really significant improvement over time. So I'm hoping that continues. So Jay's really good with two things. One, the switching defense is not an easy concept for our younger players to understand. Even the teams that have it. Not everyone is a defensive savant like you and I. Right. Yes. The the teams, even the teams that have experienced players. Yeah. It's like takes them a little bit of time to get back and used to playing the Jay's switching defense from the get-go earlier in the season. That being said, because this team's young, there is a ton of upside. There is a lot to gain there's the ceiling is way up there right we're very far away from the ceiling yeah <laughs> like if we're on the floor ceiling's way away yeah so as michael jordan would say the ceiling is the roof the ceiling is the roof yeah so this team is going to grow and evolve defensively even during the course of this game this team evolved defensively the the zone wrinkle was actually like a very good play i'm guessing that jay didn't want to go to it more yeah because jay wants the team to learn it and he probably realized early on in the game that we are not going to win this game. Yeah. So he'd rather just have the team go and play the switching defense and lose and lose the right way, so to speak. When he threw the zone wrinkle on there, Michigan had a very hard time. Yeah. For a handful of possessions, and, right. then, he, and then he turned it off. It's kind of a kind of a crutch. A yeah, it's crutch. a little bit of a crutch. So Jay is also excellent. Where Jay is at his best is coaching after a loss. He is very good at getting the guys in line post a loss. And this is the type of game where he will be playing this film back for the team for weeks to come. Michigan looked seasoned. They look experienced. The one of the, um, I think Gus said they look in midseason form already. And so Michigan looked excellent. So we're going to use that. We're going to grow from that experience, much like we did versus Oklahoma and Virginia back in the 15, 16 Wait, season. Sorry, you talk about playing the film back. I'm just imagining. So. You've got you've got a guy like Daryl Reynolds right now who's on the bench. You've got Dwayne Anderson who's on the bench. You've got Mike Nardi who's on the bench, right? And when I say the bench, I mean coaching. All former players. They've got to be sitting there thinking, oh, shit, this is a bad loss. But they've also got to be thinking, oh, man, these guys don't know what they've seen. Like, could you imagine being in the locker room after this loss? It's got to be horrible. Yeah, it's not going to be It's going to be not great. Practice the rest of this week and Ooh. leading up to Thanksgiving is not. <laughs> These guys yeah. are going to be giving thanks to not have to practice. Oh my god! During Thanksgiving, this Jay be... is going to be on fucking fire. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. All right. So we're not the type to break into the like the super game analysis, but the game, the talking point coming from this game, is going to be. Colin Gillespie versus Javon Quinterly. Mm. Not one-on-one or anything like that, but if you watch the game, you know Colin Gillespie got a ton of burn, yeah. and he was a step slow on defense. His guy kept getting by him, yeah, and he kept dribbling into the lane and was unable to really create much of anything even though he was trying to dribble into the lane. Yeah. And he kept playing on the ball, which I just don't understand. He was bringing, yeah, he was bringing the ball up the court. He was the primary ball handler. Yes. Yeah. 
and Javon Quinterly did not get into the first half until there was like seven and a half minutes left yeah. in the first half. Yeah. Then he sat until like a, like the ten minute mark yeah. in the second half. He played each of those stints for like two or three minutes apiece, and then finally didn't see consistent burn until the last three or four minutes of the game when garbage the game was time. absolute garbage time playing yeah. against Michigan's like second unit. Yeah. So in the in the stat sheet, Javon will probably show like nine or ten minutes of gameplay, maybe even a little bit less than yeah. that. But in truth be told, of actual competitive gameplay, he only played like three or four. Yeah, like nothing, basically. Yeah. So we were calling earlier in the first half, why won't Javon, why won't Jay play Javon more? Like, just give the kid some trouble. It can't we be worse. We want Javon. Yeah. It couldn't be worse. Yeah, because right? at that point, we were 12 minutes into the game, and the team looked like a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> JQ comes in, and we're like, finally. Yeah. Like, how could it get worse? And then... It got worse. It was it wasn't great. No, it wasn't, it wasn't great. worse. He absolutely missed a defensive assignment. He totally missed a switch. Got a guy wide open under the basket. Yeah. Right. Turned the Quick ball over. Yeah. Missed missed an open shot, which there's I can a, forgive. There was a foul, I think. Too. There was definitely a foul in there somewhere. Ugh. And then and then yeah, and then Jay was like, Okay, you're done here. Yeah. And we didn't see him again until late in the second half. Yeah, we didn't see him again until late in the second half. And then he didn't look great then during that either. Yeah. The only time he looked good in this game was in the garbage time versus the second, third unit of sure. Michigan when the game was already in hand and kind of the dogs were yeah. called off or whatever. And then he kind of looked like pretty good. Yeah. Right? But um, you don't want good against that. You right. want good against the good competition. Yeah. So for those calling for more Javon Quinterly minutes, it's just tough from Jay's perspective because here you got a freshman who hasn't had more time in the program, and we all know Jay's about time in the program. Yeah. Right? And we have no right to argue with him at all. So No, no, no. We do because you and I are the experts. Yes. We know if there's anything we know, it's not basketball. Correct. Yes. So that's why we're doing a podcast. That's why we are experts. Then. Yeah. Perfect. Continue. So that's my question to those who are saying, well, Javon should get more minutes over – over Gillespie is when Javon comes in clearly doesn't understand the defense scheme at all. Yeah. And on offense, he's still turnover prone. Now the argument for would be give him more minutes and he'll figure it out a little bit. And I think there's merit to that argument. Yeah. I, I think you're right, and and what I want to see is it's not necessarily a Quinterly versus Gillespie type thing. We certainly don't want to be encouraging the rivalry like within the team, but we've got two games coming. Two games coming up against inferior competition. We've got Furman on Saturday, and we've got Canisius on is that Thursday, I guess? Next Thursday. Yeah, thank so you. So those are two games that I pinpoint where I would say, hey, look, these guys should suck. Let's get Quinterly involved because, frankly, we don't want to have to rely on just Booth and just Gillespie, even if they're performing well as the only two guys here, right? Yeah. Like, even if you look at last year, right, we've got National Player of the Year, Brunson bringing the ball up, and we've got Booth, who's there, obviously, and Gillespie got, like, some good run. Gillespie got way more run than two minutes in the first half and three minutes in garbage time. No, he was a nice complimentary player. Quinterly, at a minimum, should be getting good complimentary, good complimentary minutes at the one or the two, and probably the one so i want to see him get that run those next two games and hopefully that gets him into a little bit more of a rhythm and look even if he's a liability on defense i want to see some of that flash i want to see some of that jelly like let's get him going and get some of that five-star flash into the offense baby we need it biggest thing we missed on offense this game was creation there was nothing 
We also missed like just sound offensive spacing and, and passing and shots and, like, and, and lots of things. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things. <laughs> there were a lot of things. Pascal couldn't find the bottom of the net. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. Back to Gillespie and, and Quinnerly. So I'm of the I'm of the belief that I tend to agree. We gotta get Quinnerly a little bit more burn. I trust Jay. I understand what he's trying to do here. And Jay we trust. And there's no reason not to, but at the very least, don't have Gillespie being the primary ball handler. Have Booth be the primary ball handler and let Gillespie be more where he's comfortable at, which is the type of two-guard type of situation in which he's picking up, he's getting the ball off a pass yeah. and shooting the ball. Shooting those beautiful threes, as yeah. we talked about last Yeah, year. He needs so to be doing that. Yeah. Not doing point guard first responsibilities. Yeah. So Jay's got some stuff to figure out. He's got plenty to work on. Like, look, it's game three. Yep. Right? And we said that at the end of this segment, we get to the point of why you should still have hope in this team. So we still believe in this team because we learned from a great – we got absolutely our butts whipped. Yeah. A lot of good film. There are pieces to this team. You still have Pascal. You still have Booth. There's nothing wrong with them. Booth had some dumb plays. Pascal couldn't find the bottom of the net. And then finally, I, I and I firmly believe this – that Michigan defense is going to be the best defense that we're going to see the entire season. Wow. That's a, that's a pretty hot take. It's a hot take, and I firmly believe it. It's the best defense we're going to see the entire season. Yeah. That's, so, that's a pretty hot take. Yeah. So with all of that being said, I think that this is a game that we didn't expect Michigan to be as good as they were. They were really, really freaking good. And they were good on both sides of the ball. We're going to grow from this game. We have some more time to figure it out versus lesser competition. We have an, we have other games versus ranked teams coming up in our out-of-conference slate. And then we have a Big East, which is a little bit weaker, which gets a little bit more confidence and a little bit more forward momentum. Yeah. So I think we should reset expectations a little bit, mm-hmm. probably more towards a not-in-second-long second-weekend experience. Appearance in the NCAA. Well, we are due. As our timing indicates, we are due for a second-round exit. Yes. But this team is still going to be a tournament team. This team is going to still win a ton of games, and we're going to be fine. That's fair. I mean, the, the hottest of takes is to say, you know, I think we miss Jalen Brunson. Yeah. Pretty hot take. I don't know if... Newsflash, we miss Jalen Brunson. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Yes. We miss Jalen Brunson. We miss Mikhail Bridges. And really, honestly, if we're, if we're blaming anyone for this loss, I blame Dante DiVincenzo for losing to Michigan this time. If That's he doesn't true. blow up for 31 points in the national championship game That's right. last year, he doesn't get drafted, yep. and then he's in this game, and it's a totally different game, and he could blow up for 31 this time. Yeah, We should have won this game. All right. I anyway. think that's it. I think we're done with this segment. Game analysis over. We're going to take a little bit break, and then we're going to come back with a new segment called Villanovans Doing Cool Shit. We were going to interview a friend of the pod mm. and talk about basketball, what he's doing, and other things. Wonderful. Right? So stay tuned, and we'll be back in just a minute. Hey guys, it's Chris from the Full 40 with Chris and Rob, brought to you by Nova Insider. We're excited to announce our new partnership with Nova Insider, the best place to go on social media for all updates and news about Villanova. Also, They have a great website at NovaInsider1985.com where they sell some really awesome gear. And if you put in Full 40 Insider and you're checking out, you'll get 25% off whatever merchandise you want to buy for this week, the week of November 11th, 2018. 
check it out. We're excited to be with them. And as always, let's go Nova. All right, everyone, welcome back with the full 40. Chris and Rob brought to you by Nova Insider. Right before we went on break, we said that we're going to do a segment called Villanovans Who Do Cool Shit, but we decided to scrap that name, and we're just doing an interview. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it was a shitty name. Yeah, it was a horrible name, um, and so this is where we're at. So on with us right now is a great friend of the pod, probably the first friend of the pod, Mm. Maybe the only friend of the Our good friend, Sandro Rocco. Good to be here. Sandro, you might have remembered if you were one of the handful of listeners that we had last year. Sandro came on the pod and basically told us, basically our entire analysis sucked and we fucked up everything. <laughs> Which is why we stopped doing analysis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which yeah. if you listen to the first half of this, you realized we talked about a basketball game and did zero analysis. Yes. Yeah. So we like to stay in our lane. Yes. Right? But what we're doing now is a little bit off the beaten path here. and We got we didn't do an interview. Essentially, the reason why we wanted to bring Sandra on is because he is, A, he had been working at a startup for a while, and B, he has now started his own startup. Yeah. But we don't want to talk about that. We want to talk first about your freshman basketball season. Because so, Sandra has more credentials than yes, either of us Sandra combined. actually knows the sport of basketball. He played the sport of basketball. Give us a little bit of background here because mm. what we understand is that our takeaway from you telling us this story was that you're a quitter. <laughs> I did quit. Sandro Quitter Rocco. Yes. Yep. That's the word on the street. I only made it to freshman year high school basketball. Not like I was actually playing at Villanova. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. No shit. You're five, six. Um, excuse me. In the old pavilion... You could just walk the fuck right in and play basketball in the that's Pavilion true. Court. That's true. Which I did. Yes. Which I did. We did on many occasions poorly, I, but we did. So I don't think I even did that. I mean, you guys actually tried. I, I didn't even really do recreation. I'd go in and do shoot-arounds, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I actually, honestly, I started I started playing basketball about age of three or four. Um, I'm Filipino-American. If you know your local Filipino, we all play basketball. Talking texters? The talking texters. Wow, yep. that's a pretty obscure reference. That's Scotty awesome. Scotty <laughs> But yeah, I uh, learned to play basketball watching some uh, Lakers Showtime videos and played all the way through uh, freshman year of high school. And then I realized I was way too short to play any any bit longer. But uh, yeah, played organized ba- basketball for quite a while. So okay, so you're on your freshman basketball team, and my favorite part of the story is that you won the point guard, the starting point guard role, unlike Javon Quinterly. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So wait, are we asserting that Sandro is better than Javon Quinterly? I mean, at, at his freshman basketball team versus Javon on Villanova so far. I knew, it it I, seems to be. Okay. I, I, I know Villanova's defensive scheme. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We went there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Yeah, no, actually, in, 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 a way, in, in, in a way, it was interesting because the freshman year going, the year going, the summer going into freshman year of high school, there's actually a lot of pretty interesting, like, basketball camps that happen, and uh, at that time, you're, you know, you're in a super hot, like, 100-degree gym, not air-conditioned, and they're just throwing you out and playing games, and honestly, like, that's how you start really making a name for yourself, and then, obviously, there's tryouts, and then during the preseason, yeah, you start having to run the sets, and uh, it was me and two other guys that were really vying for the starting point guard job. 
I got it, and then unfortunately my family <laughs> brought me to the Philippines for Christmas, which took me out for two weeks of pretty crucial high school basketball. And uh, when I came back, I was very clearly demoted to third string point guard. Well, wait, let's call it what it is. You you quit on the team. Yeah, I yeah. did quit yeah. on the team. You quit yeah. on the team. You quit on the team. Left yeah. So so, all right. In all seriousness, though, can you tell us a little bit more about how you quit on the team? <laughs> You know, I wasn't really run- willing to do drills. Yeah, because you were in the Philippines. I was in the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's they had ridiculous. they had the whole team on a strict diet. I clearly was not on that diet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a ton of fried food. Yep. So, all right, enough of that. Sandra, establish your credentials for the Villanova fan base here. And what I mean by that is, tell us about. Your funniest, like, drunken memory, like, like, give me some good memories. You can't use the 16 shot. I know for a fact that Sandra was at the 16 game because I was yep. there with him. <laughs> and you can't use that game. But aside from that, what is, like, your favorite memory or memories of Villanova basketball? Ooh. Uh, is, this, is this podcast uh, R-rated? Yeah. Because if we're going for with sure. funny, then... It is definitely this home game against Seton Hall back in 06 or 07. I believe they had a player whose last name was Nutter. Yes. <laughs> and at one <laughs> point, the game was fully in tow. And from the from the student section, you just heard chants of suck my Nutter. Nice. Um, <laughs> I think to this day, my favorite student-led chant that's a good one. That's a good one. We should I do like that, that, like, fun, funniest chance. Because Villanovans really suck at chance. Yeah. And de- not yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, let's go Nova. And is defense. Pretty, and defense. And the standing up. And, and the jumping up. <laughs> yeah, the jumping up. Yeah, are yeah. pretty much the only things we do. <laughs> but we do those well when we do them. Right. Between that one and I think it was, like, 2008, we were playing West, West Virginia. Virginia. We blew them out. Mm. And someone started chanting, like, warm up the bus. Warm up the bus. And then... People like quieted that down, and then all of a sudden it started being like, start the tractor. (laughs) Was absolutely terrific. Being from Appalachia, I took personal (laughs) offense to that. Yes. But I also fully embraced it. Yeah. Rob from Appalachia did not like that, but he understands. Yeah, my family owns multiple tractors. (laughs) Not true at all. The tractor is like a Ford Taurus. We live in like a nice house. (laughs) I drive a Dodge Stratus. I drive a Dodge that's the third whiskey talking. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So what do you think about this team after the Michigan game? Yeah, honestly, it was, it was the first time I really actually got to watch the team. Um, didn't watch any of the first game. Uh, only watched a little bit of the second half of the second game when it was already pretty well established. I mean, the biggest thing that I'd say, and it's tough because we've had just such an embarrassment of riches over the past several years, but I'd say the biggest thing I noticed was just our backcourt just does not have the speed uh, of our previous backcourts. And for a system that relies so much on that backcourt creation to create, you know, slashing opportunities, um, you know, three-point, like like open three-pointers, things like that, uh, it was, it could be, it could be difficult. Um, I was actually, and again, I mean, JQ only got some kind of garbage time minutes against, Michigan's garbage time backcourt um, was actually a little bit encouraged by his by his quickness. Saw a couple finishes with both the left and the right hand that actually gave me a little bit of ooh okay this guy might be showing something. 
Um, but uh, the biggest thing, the biggest for me, the takeaway of today was without a quick enough backcourt, we are going to have a lot of problems creating in this type of free-flowing system. So that's the type of in-depth analysis that you won't normally get on this podcast. (laughs) As you notice, we did an entire game review and didn't really talk about the game. We talked about Quinterly versus Gillespie, which we basically created a debate that doesn't exist or need to exist. I can't even believe that's a that's an actual debate. <laughs> this is what we do well here. We debate things that aren't really controversies. Yes. It's basically like just like national news media. Yeah. <laughs> Creating our own news. Let's talk about let's free associate about what the heck's going on. Are you guys the new Eamon Brennan or Jeff Borzello? <laughs> All the above. Yes. Look, we got blown the F out. Yep. I don't even know where Jay even begins to go from here. Like like that's the thing that like where I struggle with, or like people who I guess aren't big basketball minds or coaches struggle with, yeah. have to struggle with, is you look at that offensive performance, right? And you can clearly twice. diagnose that it's terrible, yeah, right. But like, where do you even begin to build up? So that's, all right, that's uh, terrible. So I mean, I don't know, a couple ideas. So like, a big, I mean, a kind of easy potential. I wouldn't say a fix, but a way you could start it going is right. If if the issue, if the if the issue is, hey, our guards can't create, like they can't actually create space, they can't really penetrate while creating separation. I mean, that could call for some more like high ball screens. Mm-hmm. So you're actually, you know, maybe trying to create some mismatches so the so that you can drive the lane, so you can dish to an open, so that you get the defense to collapse and then be able to kick out. I don't know. I felt like one of the things that I saw today was. You literally just saw a guard or Eric Pascal get the ball and just try to go ISO one on one. They would just end up on the block and then taking a very contested five to ten footer. And it's like I think an average fan might say, "Oh, he's only five feet from the basket. Why can't he make it?" But like when you have a guy that's your size or taller bodying you up and putting a hand in your face, like it does make it a, a much harder shot to take. And I felt like we, I, I was saying this to you guys during the game. I don't think I saw a clean second half three-point look. It looked to me like they were baiting us to drive. Like they didn't want us to shoot. Yep. So they were playing us way out on the yep. three-point line. They were not giving us anything. Yep. We didn't make ourselves easier. There was no movement without the basketball. Yep. We weren't setting any picks or screens or anything like that. Yep. And, and there, so no, we, there, no, there, are no, there are no mismatches created. No, nothing. Yeah. And... And so we were just kind of stuck, and then they were basically like, "Well, we're going to play super far out." And when someone plays super far out on you, you like your natural tendency is to try and go by them. They would they 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 were coming out to challenge us because they knew we couldn't beat them off the dribble. So they never had to fully collapse as a defense. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm spoken like that. someone who's played basketball before, yeah. perhaps. True. True. Just saying. Just saying. That's why we brought him here. <laughs> so what's your like outlook now on the season? Look, it's one game, right? Uh, albeit a game in the new Finn. In front of your home fans, everyone was jacked up, so you were going to hope that you get your best effort out there. But look, it is early season. Team is young. And you know, if there's anything that we need to give the benefit of the doubt to Jay on, it's he really does... He actually is a very good coach, right? Like, there are certain coaches who can just, they have what they have, and, like, they just try to create a system around it. Jay's clearly about player development, not just, like, in the offseason, but, like, throughout the season itself. So I don't think it's worth really just completely casting this team aside. That said, 
you know, you look at teams like Duke, like Kansas, even Kentucky, that even though they got blown out, you know, there's a lot to work with when you have some athletes, especially in the back backcourt or like Duke, you just have three, six, seven freaks. Um, your margin of error is just going to be a lot wider. So wait, I have a question. So Chris and I are obviously going to Kansas, right? Yep. On a scale of we wasted no money to we wasted all of our money. How much money did we waste on those tickets? I mean, look, you're going to you're going to one of the meccas. So for just the whole, experience. but I'm like going to. It's like I'm going to mecca, you, were you ex- but like were you I'm expect- a Christian. So like, <laughs> so like, <laughs> I guess I guess my question would be: were, Are you guys expecting like when you bought those tickets? Were you expecting a good game? Because I think if expected you were, a loss, I expected a loss, but I expected yeah. a good game. I mean, we'll see. Again, it's it's only one game. You know, it's all. You know, I'll, I'll also say this too. Like some of like my, my own personal best games, growing up, were actually away games, because were those you, the ones you didn't quit on. The ones I did not quit okay. on. Yeah. This was yeah. after you came back. <laughs> came back. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, like, yeah. I'm kind of interested to see, especially a JQ in an away game setting. Mm. Um, I like, I don't want to say it's a waste because like you never know what this team is going to be in March, right? I mean, we got our asses kicked in Oklahoma in Hawaii in December of 2016, and then just absolutely throttled them in the Final Four. That's it's right. not out of their own possibility. Um, that said, I don't know that the talent level has that high as has as high of a ceiling. So, you know, if you're looking for a national championship contender, I mean, I don't know that anyone is contending with Duke this, this year. I know it's only been a couple of games. Sanders a big Duke apologist. A big Duke guy. But, like, this is going to be a really good uh, throwback to, like, this being a program year. All right. So right, so the reason why we brought you on, right, is because you have – you started a company. I did. You We're working in a startup unrelated. <laughs> start, yeah, working in that same startup for a while now. And then now you started a company. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So the name of the brand is Sanzo. Kind of like the moniker is that it's the first Asian-inspired line of flavored sparkling water in the United States. I don't know if we touched on it at all, but uh, I am a kind of a pretty into like food and, food and drink. Uh, one of my big inspirations is David Chang. And uh, if you follow any bit of what he's doing, he's kind of really putting Asian cuisine like in the mainstream. And so what I kind of am aspiring for Sanzo to be is... Yeah, a, ma- a mainstream drink with a little bit of an Asian variety. Cool. So I guess the first question I have is, is it any good? I mean, I'm a little bit biased, but I think it's fucking delicious. <laughs> okay. All right. It's good. So good. We've Check established that. that. That's important. It's definitely important to have a good tasting drink if you're going to sell a drink. I would agree. Walk me through kind of like your goal with this. Like, where is this going? Oh, boy. That's like a... Hopefully, the hopefully billion dollar question. I mean, the way that I see it is, I want this to be in the same conversation as anyone might have with you know thinking about like a San Pellegrino, or you know if you're just drinking in your off uh, drinking sparkling water in your office, like if you're drinking Lacroix. I want to introduce these new flavors in a really just like delicious way. So, I mean, I won't get into like all the crazy like studies that have been done, but you know, Coke, even like the diet sodas are kind of on their way out. Uh, sparkling water seems to be a really good, uh, you know, substitute for it, and I think that you know, especially with this kind of a this kind of market, it's just really ripe for like, this, this 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 product is just kind of perfect for where we are as a as a consumer base. Interesting. 
So it's pretty cool, and I'm a big believer that Villanovans should support other Villanovans unless those Villanovans are playing really bad in basketball, in which case then... And then they quit. Yeah, and then they quit. So then we shouldn't support them. Yeah. But other than that, we, we should support each other. So for those of you out there who are listening to the pod, check out Sanzo. You could buy... What's the website? You have a website? Yeah, it's drinksanzo, D-R-I-N-K-S-A-N-Z-O.com, or you can follow us on Instagram at drinksanzo. Cool. So I think you were also telling me that you're going on vacation around Christmas time this year. I am. Where are you going? Uh, going to Paris and the French Alps. Who are you quitting on this time? He's quitting on Sanzo. He's, <laughs> the startup won't be around in January. Son of a bitch. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. I was just going to say I'm quitting on Villanova basketball. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Well, you were going to get spanked by Kansas. <laughs> All right. So enough of that. Enough of talking about your, your thing. <laughs> With your startup experience, like I'm sure you've hit some snags along the way and had some moments where you've been like really down the dumps. Yep. What would your advice be to the team after and to the fan base after such a tough loss about, hey, you've hit some snags, you don't know where to go from here. How would you kind of – what would you say to that? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm And I'm not – and look, I'm not like even like a top-tier type of athlete. But like you just – for those guys – I mean for the guys especially, it's you wake up tomorrow, you go to practice, you trust your coaching staff, and you just keep going on. Like it's, it is literally one game. We, I think as fans especially, really like, and it's, I guess, you know, for you guys, like kind of your job to, like, you know, extrapolate on that and kind of create narratives around it. But as a team, it really is just one day at a time. So, uh, you know, just keep it simple. Show up. Give it your all. Um, you know, I was a little discouraged at the end of the game that I felt like, especially some of our senior leaders, um, you know, did not play the full 40. Mm. Um, and I think... More than anything, that I I would say if I were a coach or if I were a senior, that's that is the sticking point. Is you can always give your full effort, and I I don't know. I I I, I think that's going to be a I think that could be a pretty big talking point. Hot take. So don't pull a freshman year Sandro basketball and quit on the team. Don't quit on the team. Don't quit on the team. Don't quit on the team. All right. So we want to thank Sandro, friend of the pod, for coming on. Uh, to this segment. Uh, really enjoyed spending time with you. Keep uh, quitting. Yeah. Keep quitting. Keep, quitting. keep, keep, keep quitting. starting up and keep quitting. <laughs> it's like every team's thing is like keep grinding, they tap the rock, they say keep quitting. Keep quitting. <laughs> Johnny Walker, keep walking, keep quitting. Keep quitting. Well, congrats on starting Stanzo and, and for all your experience. Wish you the best of luck. Thanks for joining the pod. Rob and I are going to wrap it up here now. Stay tuned. We got Furman up this weekend. No pod to drop over the weekend. We're going to do a pod right before we go to play the uh, Thanksgiving tournament in Orlando, and then we'll be back after that. Um, appreciate you all listening in. There's a long season ahead of us. Everyone just yep. everyone just keep your composure. Don't pull Sandro. Don't quit. Don't quit. Yeah. Right. And, again, thanks for listening to The Full 40 with Chris and Rob, brought to you by Nova Insider. And, as always, let's, let's go, go Nova. Nova.